and welcome back to Up The Villa podcast. If you are new to our channel, subscribe, drop this video a like and get involved in the comments section down below on everything that we discuss in this episode. We've got a few different topics that we're going to be talking about, uh, everything that we've seen through pre-season um, and how it sort of sets us up and what do Aston Villa need Moving forward, which we will get on to during this episode. But before we start, classic football shirts. We've got 10% off with the code uh, UTV podcast. Uh, if any of you haven't seen any of their uh, stuff before, it's an absolutely fantastic brand. Uh, they do uh, new and old Aston Villa shirts or any shirts across uh, world football, uh, you know, they've got absolutely everything. They've got Christmas jumpers, they've got everything. So uh, be sure to go and have a look on their website. Uh, if you type in Aston Villa, uh, I'll just show you some of the stuff that they've got. So they've got um, sort of like old Villa shirts in excellent condition, good condition with York on the back. Uh, they've got a, a vast array of different Aston Villa shirts on there as well. So Villa fans, Go and have a look at classic football shirts uh, and then you can use the code um, UTV podcast or get you 10% off. And then the link will be in our description to get you onto the page as well uh, to show that you're affiliated with the channel. So be sure to go and have a look at that. So Aston Villa nil, Villa Real one. Um, oh, well, I've only just thawed out uh, because it was absolutely freezing it was so cold uh so fair play to the 13,000 Villa fans that were there because it was freezing conditions absolutely freezing uh, but what did I make of it I thought we played some nice stuff I thought some of the stuff that we played was really really nice uh you could see that the they've really worked on the possession side of things I was really impressed with that I was impressed with the way we was knocking it about Shape of the team looked looked pretty pretty decent. Again, we defended well with a with a high line. We was able to play Villarreal offside numerous numerous times. So the defensive aspect of it was was really really pleasing. So I felt like that was good. I felt like we looked better with the ball against Villarreal uh, compared to the last two games against Brighton and Chelsea. I thought we kept possession really well. We tried to work our openings well. Um, and it was an all-round good game, to be fair. We didn't really work Rainer too much. But all in all, I think it was a, 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 decent, a decent game. Pretty competitive as well. So I, I was pleased with that. Um, some of the players that stood out for me, I thought Douglas Luiz was the best player on the football pitch. I thought he was he, he was brilliant. He, was, he, he really looks like... The one out of the two double pivot that's going to be the ball player. You know, he was picking out passes. His awareness was great. He was making space for himself. He was he was working the ball really, really well. And he was really setting the tempo. I thought, I thought Louise had a really good game. Luca Dean was really good as well going forward. He was in acres of space every single time, Luca Dean. Um, I, I felt like he really came into his own. He did really well. Pleasing to see Buendia get some minutes as well. Uh, I felt like he had a good game. He was knocking it about a bit, trying to find an opening. Um, he played a few good touches. And um, 
And, and Leon Bailey was was okay, but I felt like he was starved of the ball a little bit. Uh, at one time, he came over to Emery and he was just... He felt like Emery was saying, just go one way and then just go. Um, so so it was really, really good to see uh, Unai Emery on the touchline as well. And, and and it was fantastic to see what he was like because in the whole 10, you know, it's difficult to see what he's like. But for the whole game, he was just orchestrating that team, moving them around, telling them where to go. There was one uh, moment where um, I think... We just lost possession and Villarreal had won the ball back and he was just going, push, 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 push. And he just kept saying it for ages and he, he really wanted the team to move up the football pitch. And, you know, he was in Dougie Louise's ear quite a lot, telling him what he wanted him to do. Um, and like I say, he was speaking to Bailey as well. But it was just fantastic to see... Um, Unai Emery and the way he is, you know, he's he's moving the plays, he's dragging them, he's he's absolutely conducting them from the sideline. It was absolutely brilliant to watch, and uh, yeah, I've, to be fair, I've always said I'd always sit in the whole time, but I really liked it behind that dugout. Them seats behind that dugout are brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So, how am I feeling going into? the season now. I think what we're hearing and what we're seeing is that they've really worked on what an Unai Emery side has to be. Strong, resilient, uh, believe in each other, have a shape, an organisation. Everybody's roles know what they're doing. You know, even through watching Emery, just moving cash Come forward, come forward, go back, stay. You know, everyone has a role and he knows what he wants the team and shape to look like against certain opposition. And, and it's just fantastic. And that gives me total, total belief that this guy knows what he's doing. He, he knows what he's doing. He knows how to win. He knows how he wants his side to play. He knows how he wants to set them up depending on the opposition. So that already gives me so much belief going to the next part of the season that there's a plan, there's a vision, there's a vibe. We know what we're doing. No one goes into a game not knowing what their role is, and it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, defensively, the shape of the team looks spot on to me. It, it, it's a team working in unison. It's a team that knows their role, out of possession. They, they're they so defensively organised. It's unbelievable. The way they drift in their shape. There's not one that's out of shape. They're all moving together. And that is another thing that I think is really good. So when we're coming up against tougher opposition, I believe that we can keep our shape and I believe that we can grind it out and we can get a win or, or we can counter and we can do really well. So defensively, it's spot on. I think he's really, really worked with that. Um, and, and, and that aspect of it looks looks really, really good to me. Um, I've lost my train of thought about it. I was going to add something I was going to say, but it might come back to me. Um, so playing out from the back as well. We know that we're going to be playing out from the back. That That's just what we're going to be doing. And that's what we are. Uh, and I know there's a lot of you in the comments section that don't like it. And... and that probably because you feel like we don't have the personnel to do it and you're not comfortable 
watching certain players play that way. I, I, I understand that at, to, at times, I understand that. But what I would say about playing out from the back is that, and this is what my point was, we, out of possession there as well, will wait. So out of possession, we will wait until we have to engage. Sometimes you'll see Dougie Louise and, and what we saw against Villarreal. He was just standing there with the ball. Kamara was doing it. Uh, Mings was doing it. The keeper was doing it. They'll just stand there with the ball and wait. And they're waiting for the opposition to come. If, if They'll stand there for 10, 20 seconds if, you, if that opposition don't engage. And then they engage and then we go. So that is another thing that I've noticed that we will bide our time when to press and we'll bide our time and wait with the ball for the opposition to come to us. And that's all about working our openings and working what we want to do. So I've noticed that's really good as well. But back to playing out from the back. So playing out from the back, we don't just knock it to Mings and then Mings is like, oh, where do I put it? Do I have to give it to Conter or do I give it to Cash or do I give it to Dean or do I give it to Luis? There's a set plan, in my opinion, where when we play out from the back and where it's got to go to, right? So it'll go to Louise, it'll go back to Concept, it'll go to Cash, it'll go back to Louise, it'll go to Mings, and it'll go to Luke. That's just a, a, a rough vibe of, of what I'm trying to explain, is that that's sort of like a set plan. Where we went wrong when we conceded against Villarreal is that we overplayed it from the back. Now, what we're trying to do is work an opening from the back, boom, it's into McGinn. It's now going into Bailey Watkins fast, right? That's the opening that we're trying to do. We're trying to create an opening for a player that's further forward. And what we saw against Villarreal is when it got to Chambers, it was just a bad pass. And a pass, giving it to one of our players that are completely in danger. And that is where the problem is. If we've done our routine and it's just got to go, just get rid of it. Because if we overplay, that's where we get caught because the routine's not structured enough. It's just gone. And then we're putting ourselves under massive, massive pressure. So I'm okay with us playing out from the back if at times when we feel like we're massively under pressure, just get rid of it. If it has to go out for a throw-in, just launch it for a throw-in because... The alternative option is that we lose the ball in an area where we're going to concede. So for me, play it from the back, but be aware that if it's got to go, just get rid of it. So that's what I would say about playing it from the back, because the, 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 there's a great reward for the risk of playing it from the back. And I think that's my thing. And what we've noticed is there's now certain players that aren't comfortable playing out from the back, i.e. Chambers, Bednarek. They're just not comfortable. They're just really not comfortable. Um, but what I would say about playing out from the back with Mings, Consat and the usuals, I think they're, they're okay. I, I, I think we've looked okay. So I would say 
with Mings and Conta, we look all right. Don't forget we've got Carlos to come back, which is going to be absolutely like a breath of fresh air. You know, the impact of him coming back is going to be colossal to this team because we only saw him for two games. So it's going to look like a brand new signing coming to Villa. And, and I'm so excited to, to have Carlos back, back in the side. So I've titled this video, What Do Aston Villa Need? And this is what I feel like, and I'd love to hear what you think uh, Aston Villa need. But for me, Aston Villa need a striker. It's clear as day to me that this side is waiting for a fully functional centre-forward. And let me explain, right? Let me explain. So, um, let's get rid of this. So, what do I mean by Aston Villa needing a fully functional centre-forward? So, what we saw against Villarreal and what we've seen against Brighton and Chelsea is that we really... <sighs> Lacking, creating openings, apart from when we scored against Brighton. No, was it Chelsea? It was the really well-worked goal. One of the two, right? In possession, especially against Villarreal, we really struggled to create a clear, decisive opening when in possession. What we were seeing was Dougie Louise getting on the ball. So let's just pop up Dougie Louise. Let's just get uh, Luca Dean here. And I'll briefly explain uh, what I mean by this. And then you could say you've got Buendia over here. So you've got Buendia. And then you've got Watkins. And then we add... Um, I might as well just put all the team in for you so we can uh, get a better understanding. And then we've got McGinn. Let's just find McGinn. Where's my king? There he is. Right, so we'll leave it that for now. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> what we were seeing is <clears throat> Amy Wendier was in this sort of role here, quite central. We were playing the narrow four box. So, it <clears throat> tends to look like a 2-2-2. Two, 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 but in essence, it's a little square. It's a little box that these are playing in here. And what we were seeing is... When Deer was getting in this little pocket here, predominantly playing around this area here. And what we worked really well in this game was Luca Dean's positioning over here, getting nice and high. And he was in acres and acres of space. We had Matty Cash on the right-hand side. We'd got uh, Concert and we got M Mings. So when the ball was over this area... And everybody had drifted over slightly. We were still enabling to leave Luca Dean over here. And when Luca Dean would get the ball in acres of space, he would then look to go forward. And the move would break down because we wouldn't cross the ball. We wouldn't cross the ball in. In this game, we were seeing Ollie Watkins not clean through, but through on goal. The move would sort of break down. He'd try and get his shot off. It would. I felt like Watkins had a poor game. You know, there was a couple of times in the second half 
where he was driving with the ball and he sort of just didn't play in Bailey. Bailey was in acres of space over here. He was through and he was sort of driving forward Watkins and he just lost it. And, you know, the move broke down. The move broke down. He broke down quite a lot. And the point I'm trying to make is Aston Villa need a centre-forward with his back to goal. And this is what I feel like Aston Villa need for, for this formation and for this system to work, is a centre-forward with his back to goal, who then can bring in Brendia, can then slip in Luca Dean, can then get in that box. That ball can come across. The ball can come in first time and he's going to drive and head that ball. A centre-forward that's going to bring players into play, flick off to Leon Bailey. Bailey can then get in the box. McGinn can then whip in a ball. I feel like Aston Villa need a centre-forward with his back to goal that's going to bring everybody into play and he's just going to create havoc in the box. Time and time again, the ball would go out wide and then we'd cut back inside. That ball needs to go first time, but we haven't got anybody in there that's comfortable, that you can feel like that ball comes in. Have we got anyone that's going to get across the marker and get ahead of him? You know, I, I feel like that is the vibe that we need. We need either a Marcus Turan or someone of that quality a fox in the box that's going to get in front of their man and, and just put that ball away. Time and time again, we saw Watkins with the ball at his feet, fumble, lose it, and, and we can't have that. We can't have that. We need that ball that goes into that striker and we make something happening. Dangs came on, second half, and within five minutes... There was a slip through ball. Danny Ings was through. And that was the first time we'd made, we had a forward playing on the shoulder that made that run that got, that, that created an opportunity. And I think until we get this forward in, who's going to occupy center halves, that's going to play on the shoulder, that's going to link up and then go. I think honestly, Villa fans, this, Striker is so important to getting this team tick. And I, I don't want to be disrespectful to Watkins, but I'm looking at the bigger picture here. I'm looking at the way we're playing. What do we need that's going to make this team tick? And for me, it's the striker. It is the striker. Defensively, we look sound. Out of possession, we look good. In possession, we just don't have that killer killer forward up front that's gonna be aggressive. You know, when it when you get that ball, you ain't getting that ball off me. It's going straight into Bailey. Time and time again, Bailey wanted that ball, and it just weren't going into him. And I just think from watching the friendlies, from watching us in possession, I think on the counter we'd be fine. Like on the counter, I feel like if it stayed of what we've got now, I think we'd be okay because I think on the counter we've got pace and we can score goals. But I think 
we'd miss more than we score. And I think that narrative's got to change. I think we've got to have someone up there that runs these defences absolutely ragged. And, and, and I think that is what we need, in my opinion. We need a striker with his back to goal who is going to bring players in and then go, pop off and I'm in the box and I'm going to get on the end of this. Um, so that's what I feel like we need, Villa fans, um, to get this team ticking more. Um, and then, you know, for someone like Buendia as well, I think it would suit having a, a striker like that because then we've got the pace of Bailey. Um, so that's just my vibe, Villa fans. Let me know your thoughts. But on my Christmas list, I've put a striker on it. A striker's top of my Christmas list. Um, definitely on top of my Christmas list. Um, so right then, it's the main event up next. The main event, I think we might have a behind closed doors friendly somewhere uh, at the start of the week. But it, it, it's the main event now. It's time to climb that Premier League table. Uh, and I, I'm excited, I'm excited. Do I think we're going to finish top 10? Yes, I do. I really, really do. I think we're going to kick on. Um, and I think I, I think with Emery in charge, we know what we're doing. And we look like a well-oiled machine that's going to start ticking and motoring. Uh, but for me, we have to see a striker come in for the missing piece of the jigsaw. Um, so thank you, everybody, for watching. Get involved in the comments section down below. Subscribe to the channel. 10% off classic football shirts as well. Up the villa.